And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could've kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. New Year, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Paul Onreed stars in a New Year's episode of Suspense from 1946. But first... It's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Paul must correctly answer more true or false questions about Joe Pesci than I. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Paul. Hey, Paul. How are you? Hey, Paul. Uh, Okay, Lisa, Carl, uh, Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. It's great to talk to you. It's been a long time. Yes, indeed. It's been... Well, I hope I I know... uh, know more about joe than uh, than carl does yeah well we'll see we'll see i uh i will tell you this i'm a big fan of joe pesci and uh, joe if you're out there listening to the show you missed your opportunity to call in and probably get them all right um you never know some of these go way back so it depends <laughs> on his memory but paul we're going to start with you i've got faith in you i'm rooting for you here is your first statement before becoming an actor he worked as a phone salesman True hmm. or false? Hmm. Um, a phone salesman, I don't think he did that. I'm going to say that's false. That is false. It is false. That is right. He was. I was trying to get you, but Mm-mm. I didn't. He was a waiter and a nightclub singer. Mm, wow. I don't know. Really? Sounded like a phone salesman. Huh. I don't know. Sounded huh. right to me. Huh. All right. And I All thought right. I heard that he, he started working as a barber at one point, too. Anyway. Huh. Hmm. Well, wow. I, I used to cut people's hair. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. You can cut hair. No. <laughs> Key phrase, used to. I used to, right. Right. Didn't uh, didn't make a living off I think it. I'm going to do well. I, I, Joe Pesci, I, I know a lot about you Joe Pesci. You always think you're going to do well. Well, well. Let's see. Carl, at age 10. Well, I, I might be able to win by a hair since he was a barber. There you go. Well, I don't know. You have to be determined on that barber issue. Carl, at okay. age 10, he was a regular on a TV variety show called Johnny Jupiter. Uh... No, false. Paul? Uh, That is false. It was something else. That is false. It was something else. It was Star Time Kids. Wow. Can't beat either of you guys. I can't fool (laughs) you. Paul, uh, Joe Pesci's last name is translated as fish in Italian. Uh, I think that's right, because like a pescatarian, I think, because that's somebody who eats fish. So I would say that would be true. That is true. That is true. Wow, this is just too easy, I'm telling you. Mm. Carl, Mm -hmm. Joe Pesci recorded an album 
under the name Joe Ritchie, titled Little Joe Sure Can Sing. Hmm. True or false? False. Paul? I think that's true, actually. It is true, actually. It was released in the 60s, but never became a success. for me. All right. Now we're getting somewhere. Ah. Paul, he won an Oscar for his role in the film Goodfellas in 1990. Uh, I'm going to say I'm pretty sure that that is true. Yes. (sighs) Goodfellas, Goodfellas, Goodfellas. Um... Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Carl Joe Pesci was almost the star of the 1987 film Throw Mama from the Train. True. Paul? Uh, I don't think so. I'm going to say false on that one. It's true. The role did go to Danny DeVito, but Pesci was the first choice for the role. There's for me. That's for... I have a bonus question because it's a tie. We're tied up. Here's your final question. Paul, while shooting a scene in Raging Bull, Joe Pesci's tooth was knocked out when Robert De Niro hit him accidentally. Hmm. Um... I don't think that was how he got injured. I think he got injured some other way in Raging Bull. Hmm, so I'm okay. going to say false. Okay. I think it is false. I don't think he got a tooth knocked out. So you both think it's false. Yeah. It is false. He broke his rib, but not knocked yeah. out a tooth. So we're going to have ah, to call this up. one a tie. All right, we're tied. It's like kissing your sister. Mm. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> that might be better. <laughs> but uh, here's, here's, for, here's for you, Paul. Yeah, you did a great job. And it's always a pleasure to And I am going to send you some uh, fun CDs in the mail. And uh, Happy New Year to yeah. you, my friend, and you everyone okay? out there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, actually in between jobs, so I'm hoping that the New Year brings me a nice new job. It we will. hope so, too. It will. When we come back, it's a New Year's episode of Suspense. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Wow, has there been an overwhelming response to our New Year's special. And uh, folks, uh, if you would uh, like to get my coffee table book, I think you'll love it. I'm very proud of it. It's a 224-page big honkin' coffee table book. I have it on my coffee table. Do you have it on yours, Lisa? I sure do, Carl. All right, good. It's full color. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. And it details 100 of the most popular radio shows of all time 
in the uh, in the back of the book, uh, embedded into the uh, cover is uh, back cover is three audio CDs with six classic radio shows, and then there's also a code to unlock seventy two additional classic radio shows digitally uh, downloadable. And I will personalize the book for you. I will sign it to whoever you want, and um, I will mail that along with a 10-CD collection in a vinyl, 10 CDs of the Twilight Zone radio dramas hosted by Stacy Keach. Some of the stars in those episodes include Jane Seymour, Lou Diamond Phillips, Jim Caviezel, Ed Begley, Tim Kazarinski, many, many more. This is a $100 value, and it's yours while supplies last. You can call us tonight at uh, 815-900-7535 for only 50 bucks, and I'll ship it to you. And it's, it's a lot to ship because it's really heavy. It's a big book, and then the Twilight Zone CDs, 50 bucks, regularly a $100 value. And as I said, while supplies last, and the number to call tonight or anytime during the week, we will have enough to, I think, uh, make it through the week, 815-900-7535, and you will be supporting this show. Thank you so much. Our listeners are are just amazing. It's so great to talk to them. I say right? we're having a blast just connecting oh, with talk, our listeners and to having listeners. that chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's such nice things. It's just so, it's it's wonderful. I love talking to our listeners. Um Appreciate it, folks. All right, it's time for Suspense. You're going to love this episode. It's a New Year's episode. I recently found this in the collection. Uh, Suspense episode, January 3rd, 1946, The Angel of Death, starring Paul Onraid. It's, uh, as I say, a New Year's show. Let's tune this in. Part one now of Suspense. Now, Roma Wines, R-O-M-A, made in California for enjoyment Throughout the world, Roma Wines present Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Mr. Paul Henry as star of The Angel of Death, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you Mr. Paul Henreid in a remarkable tale of... Suspense. December 31st, New Year's Eve. I shall identify myself as John Forsyth, my true name, as I have no reason to fear its being known or to assume one of a different character. My early life has no place in this narrative, save only to point out with the utmost objectivity that I've always been possessed since my tenderest youth of extraordinary intellectual powers. As witness, my acquisition at the age of 16 of degrees from not one, but three of the leading universities of Europe, where, despite my British nativity, I spent my formative years. But this fact has no special significance other than as it applies to those events which were set in motion on another New Year's Eve in London, 15 years ago. 
For it was on that evening, as I had planned some weeks before it should be, that I stood outside a door and listened for confirmation of the relationship I knew existed between my best friend and my wife. Darling, darling, darling. Now, 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 it's all right, Pam. It's all over now. Yes. Are you happy? Yes, now that we've decided, yes. Almost for the first time since I can remember. I know, darling, and I suppose we should feel sorry for him, but I can't, not after the way he's treated you. Raymond, what do you suppose he'll... It doesn't matter, darling. Tomorrow we'll be on the Atlantic Ocean, and within a month we'll be on my uncle's plantation in Brazil where he couldn't find us if he looked for a hundred years. No, I suppose it doesn't Now, how long will it take you to pack? Oh, an hour. Well, I ought to be back by then. I've just got to pick up the tickets and a few things. All right, hurry, darling. I will. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye. Good evening, my dear. John! Why? What's the matter, Pamela? You look as though you'd seen a ghost. Why, nothing. You startled me, that's all. You said you were going out of town for the holidays, and and you, you don't usually come in by the back door. You needn't be alarmed. I shall be only a moment. I uh, forgot something. Can I get it for you? Your anxiety for my every wish is touching. But no, thank you. By the way, Pamela, have you any last words? Any what? We may not see each other for a while, you know. What are you talking about, John? What's the matter with you? Oh, my dear, sometimes I wonder if I married you out of infatuation for your beauty or pity for your stupidity. Oh, John, please. Pamela, where do you suppose we shall all be, say, within the month? Oh, does it really matter so much? <laughs> No, no. I suppose it does not. Within the month, I was on trial for their murder. You are Henry Jenkins, proprietor of the Crown and Lion, number 17 Buxton Street. I'm eh? that one, sir. I am Henry Jenkins, so long Thank you. And now, uh, will you kindly repeat the words spoken by the prisoner in the dock? while in your place of business several weeks ago? Yes, sir. <coughs> <coughs> well, about two weeks ago one night, uh, Mr. Forsyth there, who's a steady customer of mine, sir, although he's not what you call a sociable man. Yes, 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 yes. Well, sir, all me other customers had gone home, and I was asking Mr. Forsyth to leave uh, also, just so I could close up me shutters, you know. When all of a sudden he looks up at me and he whispers... Kind of horse-like, you know. Jenkins, I did it. I finally did it. Well, not knowing what he did, I naturally asked him uh, what he did. And uh, what did the prisoner tell you, Mr. Jenkins? He said, sir, warning me... Warning me to keep it quiet. I found them together, and I killed them. And then he laughs in a crazy way and adds... And Jenkins, I hid the bodies where no one will ever find them. That's what he said, sir. So help me, it is. I saw him burning what looked to be a lot of bloody clothes. In the furnace it was. And he didn't try to hide them either. Just stared at me kind of odd-like. And went right on as brazen as you please, he did. 
told me he wasn't worried at all. He said the two of them would never get away together, except if they are dead. I heard him say it on the stair landing one night and several other times in their rooms. Pamela, he says, if you don't stop leering at Raymond Tillotson with those evil eyes of yours, I'll see the two of you in your graves. I warn you. The uh, court feels that it is its duty at this time again to remind the prisoner that he has so far made nor allowed to be made by counsel in his defence no cross-examination of witnesses nor rebuttal to the charges made by the prosecution of any kind and that this attitude can only result adversely to his cause. The prisoner is therefore once more given opportunity at this time to make such rebuttal. Does the uh, prisoner wish to do so? No, Your Lordship. I do not. Does the uh, prisoner wish to make any statement of any nature whatsoever in his defence? I should merely like to ask the prosecution one question, Your Lordship. Yes, well, what is it? Has the prosecution found the bodies? Well, the uh, prisoner wishes to know if the prosecution has yet produced the bodies of the alleged victims of the crime for which he is on trial. Well, uh, <coughs> uh, no, Your Lordship, we have not. That is all. To kill them had been my plan and my intention, naturally. But not in the usual stupid way such things are done, where men gamble their own lives against the lives of those whom they destroy. Every faculty of my intelligence revolted against such a thought. And so for me, the gambler's risk was needless. So I had planned it. It was therefore without fear or question that I stood before the court to hear the verdict which, in all the writing of it, I had contrived against myself. Order! Order! John Forsyth, the court has given most careful consideration to the fact that the bodies of the named victims have not been presented to this court as due evidence and a surety of murder, a fact which admittedly must alter the circumstances of guilt. But this Crown Court, no matter how deeply it desires to aid you, cannot but recognize the fact that you have allowed every shred of evidence and element to point to you as a cold-blooded killer. Under such circumstances, questionable though they may be, I can do only as the King's law directs me to do, tempered with the mercy of His Majesty's Court. I hereby sentence you to no more than 20 and no less than 10 years at hard labor for the suspected and willful murders of your wife, one Pamela Felice Forsyth, and one Raymond Elton Tillotson. And may God protect the crown and the jurisprudence of this court of his royal majesty. Ten to twenty years. <laughs> it was perhaps a bit more than I expected, but I was content. And it may be that 
there was even the trace of a smile upon my lips as I left the courtroom. Certainly it was justified, if only by the looks of awe and admiration turned in my direction by the spectators. Clearly they recognized my genius, and I knew they were thinking of the countless lesser men who had failed in their efforts to hide even one dead body, whereas I, apparently without effort, had successfully hidden two. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you a star, Paul Henry, in The Angel of Death by Alan Cameron. Roma Wines presentation tonight in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. You know, he calls him Paul Henry. I call him Paul Henry. Oh. And I think mine's the right way. Well, you're fancy. Well, I am. You're fancy. I mean, look at what I'm wearing here. Fancy? You're a fancy guy. I have, t- I have tails, tuxedo You have a lot tails. of colors hanging out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're very colorful. We, you know, we dress for the radio station oh, here. Oh, talk about you. you. I'm fancy, Look at me. Too. Top hat, tails, cane, <laughs> the whole nine yards. I am currently wearing a mint green sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm in pajamas. <laughs> Mike's in his pajamas. Remember we so. came here in pajamas one time? Was, was it here or another station? It was the other station. Oh, it was a different station. <laughs> we came but to the station. But it was fun nonetheless. It was a pajama night. Yeah, and, and you bought pajamas for me. I bought I bought pajamas for you? Yeah, you I did. I did? Yeah. Really? God, yeah. I'm so generous. Sometimes. Aren't I? <laughs> Sometimes. Mike, am I generous or yes. what? Holy yes. cow. Holy Sometimes. Cow. Man. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of generous, our listeners are generous. I got to say that. That is correct. So many people have been supporting this New Year's special, and I've gotten to talk to so many of our listeners, and I can't thank you enough. We'll talk a little bit uh, more about it later, but that number, if you want the book and the uh, CDs of Twilight Zone, uh, $100 value for only $50 for New Year's, uh, the number to call, 815 Nine hundred seven five three five, and I can't stress enough. We we are uh, doing our best to answer the calls. Um, so if we don't answer, just leave your name and return number. We will call you back. If it's not tonight, we'll call you uh, tomorrow or Monday. Yeah, we're we'll, working on it. Yeah, but we'll get we'll get these CDs and the book and everything personalized to you. We'll get them out uh, on Monday. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's more of this really, really interesting New Year's uh, Eve episode of Suspense. So stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. 
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. This is Hollywood 360, and I'm so psyched that Mies Meals is back on with us. And uh, it, it really and truly is the healthiest and they've got their stuff together. They give you the food like within days, and it is incredible. It's all chopped and prepped and ready for you to just cook for maybe 10, 15 minutes. It's on your table. You are, your family will think you're a gourmet cook. Well, it comes with step-by-step instructions, and all of the ingredients are measured out and washed and cleaned and prepped and chopped and ready, and you literally follow step-by-step, and then you have not only a healthy meal, but a very delicious meal, and it really introduces you to a lot of things that you wouldn't normally have known how to make yourself, because I'm sort of learning as I go, and I feel like I'm becoming a little bit of a better cook after reading these recipes and learning about the ingredients, and I really feel like it's not only fun, but it teaches me a lot about how to prepare healthy meals. Yeah, and you you hit the nail on the head. They say it's it, there's food that I wouldn't normally ever go and and buy at this store or anything right. like that. You know, because you look at the um, you go to their website measmeals.com, m e e z meals.com. You go to the site and they have the chefs prepare all these amazing meals. They have pictures of the meals, mm-hmm. right? Make it easy for me. It's a, follow the picture. Right. Know? It's step by and step. Then, <laughs> and then it tells you uh, all the ingredients, and it looks yummy. And there's all kinds of stuff. There's fish. There's meat. There's chicken. There's, there's vegetarian yeah. items. And I like to turn it into yeah. a fun a fun time. So I'll do it with my daughter, with my son, and we make it together. And it turns into a really nice family moment where we can cook dinner together and, and turn it into, you know, bonding time. Yeah, and there's desserts and everything. But anyway, you go there, you pick some food for your family, and it's sent to you, and it's really easy to make because of the instructions, and it's on your table. But they have a special introductory offer, and it's amazing, 50% off. I mean, come on. Just go to their website, try Me's Meals, just give it one try and see if you love it. We do. We get it every every week. So go to the website, measmeals.com, M-E-E-Z meals.com, and uh, use the promo code CARL at checkout, and you'll see the uh, the price will be cut in half. Yeah, and look through there. You can read about the background of Mies Meals and their story, and um, and you learn a lot about the company and their their you know work ethic and their values. Yeah, they've been around a long time. We're so happy to work with such a good um, company, and they'll ship it almost anywhere in the United States. And uh, so coast to coast, mm-hmm. you can uh, you can try Mies Meals. Don't forget, use the promo code CARL at checkout and save 50% on your order. Mies, M-E-E-Z, meals.com. We're listening to a very interesting episode of Suspense starring Paul Onreed, as I like to <laughs> say. Yeah, and it's called The Angel of Death. This is uh, a 1946 broadcast from January 3rd. Here's the conclusion. And now, Roma Wines bring back to our Hollywood soundstage Paul Henry as John Forsythe in The Angel of Death, a play well calculated to keep you in suspense. It was thus that I began my prison term and my association with William Waters, a sallow-faced, ill-favored little man, 
who was to be my chief source of amusement and mental exercise for a long time to come and to illustrate still further the inevitable triumph of the higher intellect over all obstacles and surroundings. <coughs> so, you're the great John Forsyth, eh? You have heard of me then? Not half, I haven't. The luckiest beggar that ever cheated the hangman. Luck? <laughs> there is no such thing as luck. No? Then how is it you're sitting here safe and sound, and out as free as air in 15 or 20 years, instead of stretching your neck at the end of a rope, eh? I'm here because I choose to be here. That is all. Because you choose to be? <laughs> uh, uh, tell me, Forsyth, just between the two of us, how did you do it? By using my brains. And there's many another tried that before and been caught up with. Well, simply because they did not really have any brains to start with. No, it's luck, I tell you. Bad luck, like mine. <laughs> <coughs> you want to hear the worst bit of, bit of luck that ever ruined a man's life? If you wish to call it that, why not? It was like what happened to you in a way. A sweetheart, Agnes her name was, with the biggest, bluest eyes, or the prettiest little thing you'd ever hoped to see. And you killed her? I didn't mean to. It was the usual, you know. I'd caught her dead to rights, but she laughed at me. That was the trouble. Threw it in my face, she did. Next thing I knew, something snapped. And when me head cleared, there I was sitting on the floor beside her, crying like a baby. And her lying there with her pretty blue eyes staring out of her head and her pretty mouth all twisted. Red marks there on her throat. The marks of the two very hands where I'd strangled the life out of her. You weren't unlucky. You were stupid. Oh. You killed her without planning it. And uh, what did you do with the body? Cemented her into the wall of the cellar. <laughs> and the bloke next door had a gas heater. Exploded uh. and blew out the old ruddy wall between us, it did. Uh. The time I got home, there was firemen and bobbies all over the place. And there was Agnes. What was left of her? Lying right out in the middle of the cellar floor for all the world to see. The truly intelligent man foresees every possibility and guards against it. Who could? Who could foresee a thing like that? I could. You could? I stand before you as the living proof of it. In 10 or 15 years, I shall be free because I'm intelligent. Whereas you will rot and die here because you are stupid. Oh, pretty clever, aren't you? Know just about everything there is to know, don't you? No, no, no. <laughs> Not everything. But quite a lot of things. For instance, I know something about that cough of yours. Oh, what about it? The color of your skin, the look about your eyes, the way you breathe. I hope you're not afraid to die, Waters. Rubbish. What you talking about? Have you ever heard of retribution, Waters? What? The inevitable fate that pursues and at last destroys the criminal mind. Vengeance, you might call it. Ah, rot. You, you don't think anything's going to happen to you or me, do you? Not to me, Waters. For the intelligent man foresees and prevents even that. But to you, Waters. Most certainly to you. Oh, indeed. And who's going to do all this? Oh, he's known by various names, Waters. But best known as... 
the angel of death. <laughs> Retribution, the angel of death. Absurd, wasn't it? <laughs> but a most purposeful absurdity. For the intellectual stimulus so necessary to remaining mentally alert during the prison years ahead was here delivered into my hand. An experiment, and one almost impossible under any other conditions. And William Waters would be my guinea pig. An experiment to determine just how far a man might succeed through sheer superiority of intelligence in breaking down and destroying the mind and the body of another by the simple power of suggestion. I suggested nothing directly, merely a word here, a glance there, drops of water wearing away the stone. <laughs> A fever again tonight, haven't I, John? No, no. A touch, perhaps, but that is all. The, my head feels hot. Why <coughs> <coughs> does that blasted cough? What does it? No, no. <coughs> you mustn't worry about it. It's every very, very bad for people with your condition to worry. What condition? What condition, John? Oh, why, nothing. People with, with a cough like yours, people who feel, uh, well, uh, you know, indisposed, that's all. Oh. What's that book you're reading lately? Mm, just a book, a scientific book that I got from the prison library. What sort of a scientific book? General book on medicine, things like that. Uh, well, let me see it. No, no, no. I, yeah, give it you here. You wouldn't understand. Give it here. Oh, please, give it back to me. You wouldn't be interested. Oh, you had it open in this place here, didn't you? This is what you was reading, ain't it? Well, yes, among other things, you but... Tu 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 tuberculosis. Is that what I got, John? Tuberculosis? Oh, don't be silly. There's nothing seriously wrong with John, you. John, you've got to tell me. you got to... <coughs> no. No. <coughs> I don't want to die. You're not going to die. If you take care of yourself. Oh, but why should it come to me? I've always been healthy. I'm not old yet. Of course you are not. You're just imagining things. Imagining things? You're worrying too much, that's all. Oh, what makes you think I'm worried? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, when, when you're asleep. Uh, uh, tell me, do you ever have uh, dreams? What sort of dreams? Oh, about uh, the past oh, or... Oh, oh, you mean... You mean about her? Yes. Do you ever dream you see her lying there on the floor with her eyes bulging out of her head and her <laughs> mouth all twisted and her tongue all black and swollen? Oh, John, don't stop it. And your don't fingers stop it. digging into her throat? Stop it! Stop it! He seems somewhat disturbed in his mind this evening, guard. Oh, he's mourned, eh? Oh, that reminds me. Doctor said we was to try to prevail on him to get out of his bunk tomorrow and get outside, get a little exercise and fresh air. Oh. You tell him, eh? Yes, yes. What was you two muttering about? Oh, he was just telling me what the doctor said about you. Oh, what? Well, he wants you to stay in your bunk and get plenty of rest. 
time was drawing near, I knew. The time for what I had planned as the culmination of my experiment. Waters was having periods of definite delirium, but I waited. I waited for them to become more pronounced. And then, one night, when I'd listened to him tossing and muttering for hours in his bunk, I crossed over in the darkness. No, 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 wait, wait, no, it ain't time yet. I don't have to go yet. No. William Waters. I've come for you, William Waters. What? She sent me, William. She sent me. With her eyes staring out of her head. With her black, swollen tongue. I'm the angel of death. Quiet, you. I had to hit him. The man is out of his mind. He thinks I'm some angel of death or something. There you. Come on up. Up on your feet. Come on now then, Waters. Now what's the matter with you, eh? Uh, Forsyth, you. It's you what's done this to me. I told you. you it's he you. He was out of his head. It's you what's done it to me. Oh. I see come it on, now. Come on, you're coming with me. Kill you, Forsyth. I'll get out of here for this. On. It was interesting while it lasted. And I've always believed that, uh, given a little more time, I could have ended my experiment uh, successfully. But I had other plans to make now. Plans for the day when I would be free. And at last it came. At last, I was walking away from the prison gate, a free man. And now began my search. It was not difficult. It led me at last to Paris, to a small apartment, where I went tonight, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Yes? Good evening. Well, good evening. Did you wish to see someone? Don't you recognize me? Well, I do, of course, but uh, are you a friend of Pam's? I am indeed. That's a friend of yours, dear. A friend of both of you. John! Yes. In fact, your husband, my dear, and Raymond's best friend. John, it's been... uh... Fifteen years, yes. You only returned to Paris recently, didn't you? Yes, a short time ago. And you never knew that I was convicted and sentenced to prison for your double murder, did you? Murder? (laughs) Oh, that was quite as I planned it. I knew where you were, but uh, the authorities did not. John! But perhaps you have heard of a curious legal technicality which provides that a man cannot be convicted twice for the same crime. So you see, I've already paid for your murders. And now I've come to collect an ancient debt. Put down that gun. I then walked calmly from their rooms. I made no effort to hide my face, my trail, or my identity. I can now defy every element in life and in law. After 15 years, I've committed the crimes for which I've already paid my debt to society. I shall mail this letter to the police, who may give it to the newspapers, who, whoever wants it. 
although it is now a matter of indifference to me if the world remarks upon my cleverness or my patience. For my life is complete. No man has ever known such happiness. John Forsyth. <laughs> yes, yes, come in, Madame Leclerc. I have a letter now ready. I wish you to mail for me. I've come for you, John Forsyth. Waters. I'm not Waters any longer. How did you get out? They said I was insane. So I hadn't been responsible when I killed her. And then they said I was cured, sane again. And then they let me out. But there was one thing they never knew. They never knew who I really was. What are you talking about? That's why I've come for you, John Forsyth. Me? I am the chosen messenger of an higher power. Uh, look here, Waters. Die, John Forsyth! <laughs> And the story ends with a newspaper clipping. Let me read it to you. Paris, January 1st. This gay metropolis spent one of its quietest New Year's Eves in recent years. In all greater Paris, there were only two recorded deaths by violence, both of which, by a strange coincidence, occurred within a few yards of each other. The first was the fatal shooting by an unknown assailant of an Englishman, John Forsyth. The second victim, unidentified, had apparently leaped from a window or roof of the same dwelling occupied by Forsyth. Police were at a loss to explain a weird black silk robe and cape worn by the man. Jean-Vierre Leclerc, concierge of the building, alleges to have heard a voice repeating an English phrase, I am the angel of death, just before the suicidal leap. However, this can hardly have any bearing on the case, since the said phrase was undoubtedly uttered by New Year's revelers in the neighborhood. <laughs> Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. How much more pleasurable any meal becomes when Roma wine is served. Yes, a fine table wine such as Roma California Burgundy makes any food taste better, brings out all the flavor, lends romance and friendly companionship to the meal. America's famed hostess Elsa Maxwell says... My simple secret for gracious and enjoyable dining is to serve my guests Roma Burgundy. It's so easy to make your meals more delicious, more exciting, as Elsa Maxwell does. Because Roma wine costs so little, anyone can serve it often. Compliment your next dinner with the fruity fragrance and appetizing piquant taste of red, robust Roma Burgundy. Get Roma Burgundy tomorrow, now selling at the lowest prices in years. And you get extra saving when you buy Roma in the half-gallon and gallon size. No wine but Roma offers you so much for so little. Insist on Roma. R-O-M-A. Roma Wine. Made in California for enjoyment 
throughout the world. Paul Henry appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers Studios and will soon be seen in their production, Devotion. Next Thursday, same time, Roma Wines will bring you Mr. Phil Terry as star of Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Produced by William Spear for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That is Suspense, a broadcast called Angel of Death, starring Paul Onrid. Huh? See, I can speak a foreign language. Can you really, though? (laughs) Sponsored by your favorite potent potable. Oh, Roma Wine. Roma. Uh, January 3rd, 1946. Very cool episode. I've been answering calls. You've been dilly-dallying. I don't know what you've been doing. Running I've up and been, down the hall, talking been, to Mike about your headphones. Well, that too. Talking. But I've been talking what, to people you know, too. The listeners have been calling, want to order the book. Uh, it's crazy. I, I'm so happy to talk to everyone. I just talked to James out in uh, Evanston, and he said he's been listening to us, Lisa, from the very beginning. That's he a said long a time. billion years. That's what been. it feels like right a about bi- now. <laughs> he said, I've been listening to you for a billion years. Billion is a long time. <laughs> I just talked to Tony, and I will have to tell you that um, he sent over a pizza for us I know. tonight we ate for dinner, pizza. and we had a wonderful we dinner have on the Tony greatest, tonight. Literally, like, my gosh. Literally the greatest listeners so nice. on the planet. We're so lucky. Um, yeah, we've been talking to listeners all night. It's been it's been awesome. All right, time for This Month in Music History. And we are doing top songs of 2023. I don't think you're going to recognize this one, Carl, Probably but not. most people will. I used to float, now I just fall down. I, I, I like this song. Do you? Yeah. So first of all, who's this singing? Is, this is, this is um, I know who it is. Okay. Billie Eilish. Yes, it's ah! Billie Eilish. Ha! You got that part. Ha! Okay, wait. Okay, oh, 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 not oh. done. So this was released in January of 2023. Billie Eilish. And it's from the soundtrack to the 2023 film. James Bond? No, Barbie. Oh, Barbie. See, I told you you wouldn't know. Let me explain Barbie. something to you. It received five nominations at the upcoming 66th Annual song. Grammy Awards, including Record of the Year and Song of she's, the Year. She's she's. Beyond. She this is. girl is beyond so, talented. I know you didn't see Barbie, but it's still a no, great song. It's called What Was I Made For by Billy Eilish. Wow. Mm-hmm. Great song. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, did you cancel the headphones and get new ones? Huh? Don't, don't tap me. I'll, her don't, her don't headphones me. blew out like a couple weeks ago. She ordered new ones. I said, I'll buy them for you for Christmas. Okay. I, I worked on it. I finally got it together. I gave you the money, didn't I? You did. Okay. <laughs> $12. Yay, yay. All right. Are we going to need a caller? 312 642 5600. Name that tune. Best songs to play at midnight for New Year's Eve. We need caller number four. Call now. 312 642 5600. Play the game with us. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. 
Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what can be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.